Welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hello, Guthrie. I'm here. Yes, you are. And <laughs> and uh, what is our topic today? You know, I thought we would talk about. Well, it's I don't. I think I think it's interesting, but I guess the title isn't very interesting. Maybe you can help me come up with a better title. Here's the here's the scene. I thought your title okay? was just fine. You did? Yes. Okay. Uh, pre- presenting research results to stakeholders. I think that's a very clear title that makes a lot that makes lots of but sense. But it's not exciting. Um Yeah, I suppose it's not exciting. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah, be a superhero? No. Okay, so the idea is that for anybody who does any kind of user or customer research, whether you're in marketing or user experience or whatever, something you have to do a lot of, and you've done this, we've done this together on projects oh, with yeah. clients. You did this research, whatever you did, you know, you inter- did interviews, you did field studies, observations, uh, you did a user test, you did card sorting, um, and now you have you know you have all this data you analyze all the data you come up with your insights and your recommendations and now you have to present this to them and i think what you know some people may not realize is that these decisions you make around presenting like how much detail do you present how much data do you show them and so on can really be very significant in whether or not your results are accepted, whether they have impact, and so on. So right. uh, I was uh, I was putting together some thoughts for actually a client about how to do this more effectively, and I thought I would share that. Awesome. Okay. So first of all, the reason very, you very popular care, topic. You think? Well, we I, get, we get, we get requested. Out. I feel like people request this. This topic? Well... Now you, you, you yeah, uh, you you also wrote a book that has that's somewhat similar. Well, I wrote a book on a uh, hundred things every presenter needs to know about people, but in this case, I'm ta- going to talk more about. Um, I mean, there's a little bit of overlap, but I'm really going to talk more about the mistakes I see people make in their decisions about what to present and in how much detail for their research. So I think this is particularly specific it's not I don't want to necessarily talk about how to give a great presentation I want to talk about how to present your research results so but but there is there is a little bit of overlap because it's about communicating your ideas effectively to your target audience. that's true that is very true you're right you're right yeah and and you'll see a lot of the things I say have to do with with doing that, especially to this particular audience. So I think it's really important because, you know, underlying all this is anybody who loves to do uh, research like this, you know, user research, customer research, like I do, um, you want, you know, you do all this work and you want your work to be used. You want it to have impact and influence. And so I think sometimes we concentrate a lot on the planning and conducting of the research and the analyzing of the data. Hmm. And then we maybe don't give enough time to this question of how to present it to the people who asked you to do it. 
Right. So, you ready to dig in? I am. I thought I would start with like the common problems and mistakes I've seen teams make or people make when they do this as a way to start the conversation. Okay. So, uh, and this is not in any particular order necessarily, but I think that um, people make mistakes around how much detail they share. Mm. Uh, you know, because you have all this data, and sometimes, depending on the kind of research you did, you have a ton of data, right? You know, you have 32 interview questions, and you yeah. interviewed 20 people. Well, and, and, and I think this, uh, we see this a lot also when people are presenting at conferences. Yeah. And they think that they, like, what's important is they have to give each, like, really smart idea. And if they don't, give like if it's not completely chocked full of like really 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 awesome ideas then they've like done it wrong right right and so, perhaps what would be more effective is just to focus on a, a few small points a few key ideas yes. but i think you know i think the mistake i've seen people make about about um presenting their research is actually can there's two extremes one is they provide too much detail so they have all this data and they have tables and charts and statistics and 20% of the people did this and, you know, 32% did that. And then the opposite that I see is that they don't have enough detail. So hmm. they're just giving their insights and recommendations, but they don't have, they're not showing any of the data. So it's not, it's not necessarily that it's not enough detail. It's more that they are not backing up their conclusions yes. with evidence. Do you, think, so how do you much, think that's a better way to word that? Yeah, yeah, I do. But so I think how much, you know, how much you should go into the actual research data depends on who you're speaking to. So here's some advice about that. So if you if you've been collaborating with, let's say you have a two or three stakeholders, right? Mm -hmm. And you've been collaborating with them on this throughout the whole project. Like they were in at the beginning and they were in on the methodologies you were going to use and they were in on the questions you were going to ask and they were in on the partic uh, recruiting the participants and so on, you know? Mm -hmm. If they've been involved in detail all along, y you might be able to err on the side of slightly more detail with them because they'll understand the context of it. But if you are delivering this presentation to people who perhaps funded the research but haven't been in on all the decisions, you're just going to overwhelm them if you start giving them too much data so, and they're going to glaze over. So can we can we um, talk a little bit more about exactly the types of positions that people might find themselves in? So because you were, you were talking about like like who who is this advice for? Where, where what, you know, how do you know who your stakeholders are? Yeah, definitely. Right. And, and th it's, this it's is a really, it's a really important question because the other thing, another problem that I see, well, yeah, you definitely have to know who your stakeholders are. You have to know how much they do or don't know about the project, how much they do or don't know about the methodology. You know, are they experts at card sorting or do they have no idea what a card sorting but is? But how do you even know, like, right? Yeah. Um, because we're talking about stakeholders. Yeah. How do you know who you're trying, who you need to convince? 
or like um, you know, like you're in a room of you're in a room of you, does some so you're there's been a project you've been assigned and now you're explaining the results of the project to a people to well, a number of people in the room. You you need to. You need to know, you need to have talked to the stakeholders or at least a stakeholder before you started the project. But how, you shouldn't even... I, but again, <laughs> how do you well, know? Well, who asked you to do the project? Okay. I mean, some, um, somebody asked you to do this project or somebody's coming up with the money for the project. So, right? well, let me give you an example. Your, the yeah. project has, um, has come down on your team and your boss yeah. told you to do the project, Fine. but you're not you presenting need... to your boss. You're presenting okay. to the bosses, you know, to, to someone else. I right? know. So you need to go to the, your boss or whoever gave you this project, and you need to say, can we talk about this project and who is going to get the results of this and who I'm going to be presenting to when it's all done. Mm. And I would do that before I even do the project. Um, but... You know, if for any, if for some reason you didn't do that, you need to do it now before you present. You have to know who's going to be in the room. You have to know who your primary stakeholder is, who that one person is that you, you have to make look good in the room, and you have to know uh, something about your audience. I mean, that this, you know, you shouldn't give a presentation of anything to anyone if you don't know anything about your audience. I mean, that's just going to be, I mean, you know, maybe if you're a really famous star, you can do that. I don't know. But that's just kind of a recipe for unhappiness. Well, I only bring it up because sometimes, you know, when when you, when you're saying this kind of stuff, it's, you have a natural knack for knowing a room, reading a room, knowing who your target audience is, even thinking in that way, and I don't think that's how a lot of people go about their. I daily know, lives. I know, and I don't think it's a natural knack. I think it's called, uh, you know, that's that's what I've that I've learned to do to be a great presenter or to be at least comfortable with presenting. Yeah, you have to know who your audience is, what their frame of reference is, what their point of view is. And that's, you know, that's like one of the most important things because one of the things I was going to say about, you know, giving your presentation is you've got to give, you know, usually you have research results, right? You have your data, you analyze the data. And then from that, you come up with insights, right? Mm -hmm. You, You kind of come up with higher level insights about the data and then from that you would come up with recommendations for what should be done about it okay so you've got the data the insights and the recommendations and when you get to the part about the insights and the recommendations you need to be talking about that from the stakeholders point of view not your point of view so for instance you may get some data maybe you did a a, user test, okay? And you got some data that said uh, the form is really hard to use, that that there's kind of weird things you did in the design of the form that mean that people are confused and they're not figure, f- filling it out accurately or they're, they're not even finishing, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have your data about what happened. You have your insights. If you frame your insights in terms of 
this form is hard to use, and therefore you need to change, you know, your recommendation is uh, change the label here, change the button here, group things differently so that the, it'll be easy to use. That's your frame of reference as a usability user experience person. That may mean nothing to a stakeholder. They're like, okay, yeah, okay, sure, why? Why is this important? So you have to be able to talk about why the problem w with the form is something they should care about. Why would they care about the problem with the form? Oh, because people are making errors, and those errors are costly because why? Why are those errors costly? What's the bottom line to them? What's the bottom line to the company or the organization? Mm. You, you've got to be able to, you know, is it because net people are putting errors in and that means that the appraisal amounts on the real estate are wrong and we're losing money? Or does that mean that uh, uh, further on down the line the data has to be corrected and that costs, that takes time and money? Or what, you know, and, and, and you can only make that translation if you understand what the frame of reference is for the stakeholders. And that's going to be, I think, this idea of being able to present your data according to the frame of reference of the stakeholders is one of the biggest things in terms of making sure that your research results will be influential. Mm. And I think it's so easy, you know, it's just so easy if you're, for, especially if you're like a user experience professional or you, know, you you just think about it from your point of view and you I think you also just kind of either you assume that of course you'd want to fix that form because you just should <laughs> or maybe you make the leap you know you well if you, we fix the form then we won't have errors if we won't have errors we won't waste time and money and you but you don't make that connection you know you just think everybody knows that but not everybody is thinking that way because they're not you know, usability or UX people. So you got you've got to draw that line. Mm. That you got to make those connections. So that's a really important part. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, oh, here's an interesting one. A little subtle, but really important. So uh, a lot of times when you're giving your presentation to you know a couple of people. Afterwards, they're going to need to report up the line or out. You know, they need, to, they need to report this information and the recommendations and the insights to their management or to the development team or to a colleague, right? Mm -hmm. And you've got to, you need, you need to know that too. So when you're, when you're putting together your presentation, is this just for the people that are in that room? Or are they going to turn around and use this with other people? So if they're going to turn around and use it with other people, it's got to fit for those people too. Or you maybe you want to do a, a not, and you should help them. You should give them. And you should say, look, I'd, I'll give you this preliminary presentation to this group. And then if you're going to, if you're going to present to other groups, let Let's work together to put together a presentation deck that you can use. Right. Because otherwise, they end up taking notes and trying to put together a presentation, and you know they get things wrong or they don't have what they need, and so would they you, don't do a good job, and therefore the research is discounted. So would you say 
that a good summary of that is is that when you when you're presenting what you're really doing is you are transmitting information to another person and the goal is for you to give them the tools so that they can then transmit that information to other people yes yes okay Um, you would say that's you would say that's fair yeah and otherwise it's kind of like the telephone game you know Mm -hmm. where you say it to them they didn't hear it quite right they turn around (laughs) and say it to someone else but now it's starting to get garbled Okay. Yeah. And so that's that I think is really important too. Okay. Let's see. Here's something I see. Here's a problem I see people do. They uh, do a data dump. So they just take the results, right? Here's what happened. Uh, here's the information from the card sort. Here's the tasks and what people did from the user test. Uh, here's the click-through data, and they just kind of hand it over. And they don't do those steps of the insights and the recommendations afterwards. So you don't, you don't want to do that. You know, you, wanna, you want to interpret the significance of the data before you, instead of just handing it over. And even if you're going to do, like a, maybe you're going to do a written report with tables and charts and data and all of that, uh, you know, there are some people... Um, uh, I've been, I've worked on projects where the, you know, whoever was bringing me in said, so then you'll create a, a written report and give it to us. And like, there was no presentation planned. <laughs> you know, I'm just supposed to, no, really, yeah. this happens a lot. I'm just supposed to give them the report. And it's like, no, 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 no. I, you should, always, even if you give a report, you should really push to give a presentation about the report. Because you don't know if anyone's going to read it or if they didn't understand it. or It's just different than, than being there in person. So, okay. So if you, if you want to kind of s- summarize then, what would, you, what would you say is the best way to kind of figure out what the expectations are ahead of time, if that's possible? Or, yeah, or figure I out, think, like, you know, because I have some advice. Oh, I have lots of advice, but let, tell me your advice. Well. We'll see if we overlap. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I think a big part of it has to do how long is the meeting. Yes, that's a re- really good point. Uh, and I think that um, sometimes... I think you, and, and I am thinking of one project we worked on together, and maybe you're thinking about the same one. I think sometimes you may not know how long the meeting needs to be until, you know, you've tackled some of the analysis. Hmm. But, uh, I mean, I, I've, when I'm working with a client, I'll, I'll tell them, I mean, we'll plan ahead for a two-hour meeting. To go to go over the results, but then sometimes as we're going through it, you know, maybe it's like, okay, actually, I don't think it'll need two hours, or maybe it needs more, right? Although I think a two-hour meeting is about as long as you want to do. If it needs more, you probably should do the first two-hour meeting and then figure out where to go from there. Mm. But I think you should. Uh, but a lot of times you get 
half an hour, 15 minutes. Oh, if you only get half an hour, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's an interesting problem. Because then, then you're talking about you are just presenting high-level insights and recommendations. And um, in fact, in that kind of scenario, I would probably do the insights and a few recommendations and tell them I'll, I have more recommendations for them and how that I want them. Mm. Yeah. Because that's not, I mean, I, I'm sure there's some kind of research that maybe you could summarize in 15 minutes, but that's going to be tough. Because sometimes, you know, if it's a high-level person. Yeah. Or yeah, like you're, a you're, there's a couple people presenting and it's a half-an-hour meeting. And yeah, really, yeah, so, sometimes you only get like five minutes. You that's, know? that's very true. So in that case, all right, so here's another thing I want to say that I think is important in that case, but important in any case. You want to tell a story. You know I'm big on stories. Uh, you? <laughs> so we know that there is research that shows that the brain in, uh, understands information best when it's presented in a story format. And there are so many ways you can tell stories uh, when given a presentation like this. So for instance, you could tell a story about doing the research. Mm. You know, you could say, well, you know, there was this problem with the with the such and such product and they, they were getting a lot of uh, abandonments of the shopping cart and they tried to f tried some things to fix it, but they were still getting abandonments and they wondered what, what the heck's going on. So they contacted us and then we came in and we suggested they do a research study on, right? And you just tell it as a story. Here's, here's what ha here was the problem. Here are the characters. Here's what they did. Here's the solution they came up with. You know, here's, the, here's what we found out. And you, it's much more interesting that way if you tell it like a story. And then you can also tell a story, for instance, um, you know, let's say you're, you're um, whether, you know, whether it's a user test or card sorting or whatever it is, you're, you could say, well, okay, here's a, here's a typical, uh, let's take a look at what, you know, participant number three did because a lot of participants took the same route here here's what he did uh he went here he went to this page and said that he was confused by this so then he clicked here and then he clicked now you're telling the story of what he did and uh as an example of of you know what all the, most of the or several of the participants did so anything you can do to tell a story um will be really helpful. And if you did something like user testing, you know, I really encourage people to use highlight videos, you know, so you can show video of the person doing it, that because that's a story too. Um, you know, I, uh, as a tangential aside, I found a, a research article just yesterday that showed that um, if you ask people which way, uh, a story would be more engaging, like if they heard it auditory, you know, or if they watched it through a video. Um, which way do you think most people said it would be more engaging? Probably video. Yeah, but they hooked these people up to biometric measurements, like heart rate and things like that. Mm. 
And people were more engaged, they could tell through the biometric measurements, with audio than video. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. So I'm bringing that up because although I think highlight videos are great, you don't necessarily need them. But it is why you need a presentation because they have to hear this, not just read it. Right. They have to hear it. Okay. So stories. I think stories are really important. Um, you want to take a shot at what else is important? Uh, Anything else you can think of? Important. Yeah, that, that would help your presentation be more impactful in terms of research results. Um, so we're talking specifically about research results. Yeah. Um, maybe... It might, it might be useful to actually get away from what, um, from maybe what like industry norms are. Does that make Give me any an example. Sense? Give me an example. What well, you so, you know, when I'm talking about something that's like economic or something, right? economic <laughs> You know, sometimes I'm going to bring up, you know, talk about, there, there are certain ways that the industry talks about stuff. Yeah. That are technically accurate. Yeah. But if I'm giving the presentation to people who are perhaps not like, you know, super literate. They don't, ha they don't have a degree in economics. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll say stuff that is not technically accurate but but in order for, for for to make it easier to understand yeah what i'm trying to communicate yeah i mean i think this goes back to what i was saying before like frame of reference you know mm -hmm. so i might you know i might have done a user test and based on the results i want to talk to them about the fact that they are not following standard ux industry practice of right you know where the labels are placed or right mm -hmm. but they if i start going off on this stuff you know about in ux terminology and maybe that means they're not going to follow me right and they won't they won't know what i'm talking about but on the other hand though to kind of give the other side of that I mean, I don't know, uh, I mean, you've probably noticed, and yeah, I think you've done the same thing. When we give presentations like this, I will purposely start talking about things like cognitive load or, right? Mm, so you go, uh, you go the other way. You, you do it too. Oh, do I've I? Been in, I? Yes, I remember you start, you, you'll start talking about partitioning and framing, you know, and uh, behavioral economics principles because well that's well I guess it's a little different because I'm being brought in to be an we're being brought in to be an expert and to sound smart and yes to... yes that's true <laughs> that's true we are and so I think sometimes we do it we bring that stuff in just so that we sound smart so that we'll seem more credible so that they'll listen to us and do what we say but I think part of it too is a uh, uh, education and um allowing people to think about 
I I love I think it's really important to go back and forth between high level principles and detailed specific recommendations. So a lot of times I'm working with people and they're they're just like the stakeholders are like just and we had this experience recently where I thought and this was an interesting experience for me because they came back to us and said, Can you give us some you know, just a list of the specific recommendations. And I thought to myself, we did that. <laughs> like, why are they asking for that? But when I looked back at the presentation, I realized we did give them specific recommendations, but it was peppered throughout these higher level concepts, right? So I would talk about consistency, and then we'd tell them a few things to do about consistency. And then we'd talk about, you know, some other principle and tell them the few things to do about that principle. But we didn't have in one place just the 20 things they needed to change. And that's what they wanted. They were like, can you just boil this down? And so I think, I think it's useful to do a little bit of education when you're doing these presentations so that they do see the bigger picture because I think that will help them talk about it it'll help them um, realize that maybe you know when they should bring you back in for another project right um, but I think you also got to get down to the real details and just at some point tell them exactly what to do <laughs> you know do this yeah why are you laughing oh just um, just because I mean sometimes I think, Clarity. There's you can't you can't get any more clear than if you're like, what you should do is, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Those sort of like very like straightforward statements. And hopefully, before you do all that, you gave them, you know, enough data that they they know you're not just making it up. Right. Or you, All right, have some, here's, you have some level of credibility. Here's one I've got for you. Okay. All right. So, and again, I know we have faced this in putting our presentations together for giving user research. So you're, you've, uh, in fact, I think we've, you and I have had arguments about this, about uh, do you say nice things? Mm. Do you tell them what? You know, so you eval- you know, you you did a user test on their product, and you have all these problems, right? You did a card sort, you did a tree test on their information architecture. There's all these problems. Now there were a few things that worked out just fine, and no one had problems with. So do you include those? Do you start with those? Uh, do you? Just say, yeah, some things were good and we're not going to talk about them. What do you do with that? I th- well, how much time do you have, right? You mean in the presentation? Yeah. yeah, so if it's a really short presentation, you're thinking skip the things that worked? I think so. It depends. I mean, you know, maybe everything worked. and Although I've never seen that happen. But, um, yeah, So, but here's something interesting about that, Guthrie. Um, and if you're go- if you're going to skip the good things, you should tell them there were lots of good things. We're skipping them. We're just going to focus on the problems. But I think the if you, I think all right. Let's see. 
The problem I've seen is when you don't want to you don't want to bury the lead or hide the punchline or whatever metaphor you want. So one of the problems I've seen is that people start the presentation with, well, let's talk about the things that worked. And then they spend the next, you know, 10 minutes talking about all the things that worked or all the positive things the participants said in the interviews about the company, right? Right. And then, and, and now everybody's like in the room is getting very happy and feeling very good and everything's really wonderful. And now they turn and start talking about all the problems. <laughs> and that's, and those are really, you know, there's a lot of them and they're really bad. So I think, it, I don't think that's a good idea. I think if there are lots of problems that you're going to talk about, you need to tell them within the first 60 seconds or less that there are lots of problems and you're going to talk about them. Mm. I think you've got you've got to set that up so that they're kind of prepared for what you're going to say. And um, and how strongly you do that depends on who's in the room and how much of their attention you want to get. And I think this is something too that you need to work with your you know, if you have a key stakeholder you're working with, you need to ask them. I remember I was working on a project and it was a user test and the product was so bad and there were so many problems. And uh, I mean, it was a really dramatic user test. And uh, there was pretty much nothing that worked well from a UX point of view <laughs> about the oh. software. Well, that's great. And there was just severe problems that were like, like I probably the most severe UX problems I've ever run a user test on. And so one of the things I did when I was analyzing the data was I went to, because I was going to be presenting this to a room full of people, and I had like one main stakeholder that I had been working with, and I didn't know most of the people in the room except for her. And I went to her and I said, okay, we need to talk about this because these problems are, you know, there's a lot of problems and they're really severe. Do you want me to, you know, back off on this? And uh, how do you want me to present this? And you know what she said, literally? What? Hit him over the head. <laughs> <laughs> and she meant it. She wanted, she was like, she knew there were problems. That's why she had brought me in. She want these people, uh, you know, were having a hard time believing her or wanting to do anything about it, and she wanted me to just drive it home. So I said, "You're sure you want this to be really strong?" She said, "As strong as you can make it." So I walked in and I, what did I say at the beginning? Something like, uh, "Y'all getting fired." No, no, but you know how at the beginning of a movie. You know, there'll be like uh, warning uh, graphic images, you know, <laughs> images of violence, uh, right? And I walked in and I said that to them, okay? I just opened it that way. I said, warning, this information is going to be shocking. <laughs> and everyone just all of a sudden sat up really straight and their eyes got really big, you know? But I wanted to grab their attention, and I wanted them to know that this was going to be tough, that what they were going to hear was going to be tough. Mm. So I'm not suggesting that everybody do that. But you do if you do have a lot of bad news, 
you'd better go talk to your stakeholder about how they wanted that presented, right? Right. Yeah. So I mean, ah, uh, yeah, that's that's that can be tough. So uh, any any advice about how to um, best present really really scientific data, like graphically versus visually versus. Yeah, you mean if you've got to talk about, uh, you know, statistics and... Yeah, so what happens if you have something really, really... um, That's going to be really tough. Tough from an understanding point. Uh, How do you even display it, right? You did four months of statistical analysis and you have, you know, you're using, uh, you know, you use Python to create these scripts and... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you definitely, again, it depends on your audience, right? I mean, maybe they're used to thinking that way, and they're used to looking at, you know, tables and charts and talking about p-values and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then you know you'll be okay. But otherwise, you really have a couple of choices. One is, I mean, there, you know, there's a whole art and skill to the visual display of quantitative data, right? And so um, I suggest that you definitely uh, work on as many visual displays as you can that will be uh, interesting and easy. And if you don't have that skill and it's a really important meeting, I suggest you bring someone in who can do that for you Um, because that's a particular skill and not everybody has it. so, you know, you may you may know that you need something, you know, some way to, to visually show this data, uh, but if you don't know how to do that, get get an expert to help you. So I think that could be really important is visually displaying it. Another thing is to decide how much you really need to show them. Like, can you just do a high level? Because even a good visual display, if you show, and here's the data at a high level, and then here's at this part and this part, and then we parsed it this way and that way, and, you know, by the 20th graph or pie chart or whatever, you know, they're not following you anymore. So you really need to decide when you need to show it visually, uh, when you need to even report on on the data. I mean, one thing you can do is just say, I'm going to give you the highlights, and... You know, I have the data here. I've done that many times. I'll actually have a, a report with all the data in it ready to give to give them afterwards. Mm. That's not the same as the presentation I'm giving. So I think you got to think about, you know, dividing those two. You may have a detailed report with all the data, but your presentation is just the insights and recommendations. Mm. And they can peruse the detail if they want to. Or sometimes what I've also done is I've handed them the report. And then I'll say, you know, in the presentation, I'll say, for instance, you know, if you look at page 14, all the data about this is there. So the people who want to delve into that have it. And the people who don't know what it means don't have to look at it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 pretty good. Um, so so you kind of you can kind of structure it out, structure it out in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know the idea of um, this is the the fancy term of progressive disclosure. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that you give people what they need at that moment and then let them, you know, if they want more, they'll go and get more. Uh, oh, you know, you make it, you, you, you arrange it that way so that, and that also is also good if you have different people with different levels of interest or skill or knowledge, you know, then you can, you can, you're providing information for them, but not dragging everybody else through it all. Right. Right. Um, so I think that that's useful too. Okay. Uh, you want to talk about just briefly about ROI stuff or? Yeah. Yeah. So going back, this kind of goes back to the beginning of our conversation when I was talking about the frame of reference, you know, putting things in terms of the stakeholders frame of reference. So, you know, typically things that um, stakeholders, you know, non-UX people uh, who are often the ones funding these projects, the things that they care about, you know, they care about the return on investment. Uh, so, you know, what's the, what's the benefit of doing this research? What's the benefit of making the changes that you're suggesting? And, you know, being able to, uh, we've done it. We've done a podcast episode on ROI, haven't we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have. Um, so if you don't know what that means, you might want to go back and listen to that one. Uh, being able to calculate the return on investment and being able to talk about it in terms of, you know, things that matter to them. So, for instance, if by making these changes that you're recommending, that means there'll be less calls to the help desk. If there's less calls to the help desk, that will save them, you know, X number of dollars a month, or, you know, you can do that calculation for them. So I think it's important to talk about things like ROI if that's what your stakeholders care about. You got to talk. Me, you got to talk in their language. You got to talk in their language, right? So they're not necessarily interested in uh, the information architecture uh, and so on. They're interested in how much money can they save, how much more money can they make, how many hours of developer time can they save. How many, you know, how uh, how much customer satisfaction can they increase? And you need that's, you know, that whole idea about knowing ahead of time about what is important to them. Right. They're also often interested in, uh, you know, I, I call it a go or no go decision. You know, so if this is a prototype and we did the test, are we ready to go? Hmm. Mm. So like, I, so like, I, what are the next action steps? Yeah, or I can't tell you how many times I've had I've done a, my entire presentation, and then and it's always a high level person in the room will look at me and say, "So what's a grade? What do we get?" <laughs> no, and they're they're totally serious. They want to know, and and I swear there are some people where that's all that is all they wanted. If I could have just walked into the room and said. You got a B plus. That's all they needed to know. Um, they just want to know, you know, is it is it good enough? Are we okay? Do we just stay the course, or do we have a disaster on our hands and we need to do something? That's really what they want to know. Mm. Um, because if it's good to go, then they're good to go, and they just turn to the, their team and say go. 
If it's a disaster, then they're going to, the only thing they're going to do is turn to the, the leader of the team and say, fix it, right? So <laughs> that's all they need to know, right? Go or no go. Um, so, you know, if if that's what your stakeholder, and, and then again, this is the kind of thing you, you preferably know ahead of time, that that's what they want to know. Or maybe what they want is just an answer to one important question, you know, like, um, do uh, do people care? You know, does showing the uh, amount of commissions uh, that that people have earned in the last year does that motivate them to use the product more? Yes or no? Right? They just need a. They have one question they really wanted answered. So make sure you've answered that one question, right. or make sure you've talked about how your insights and recommendations affect that one question. Because hmm. that's what they care about. So just you're just responding to your audience in the right way, right? Yeah, yeah. You're just making sure you're you're really speaking to what your audience cares about, definitely. Very cool. Yeah. So you got any other questions about uh, doing these kinds of presentations? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Do you have do or you have any, any other comments that you want to you want to bring up? Um, I have one more. Oh, okay. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I think you should always include what the next piece of research is they should do, <laughs> because you know research is is so wonderful, and in my opinion, rarely. Do people do enough of it? That I don't want to miss the opportunity to say, you know, uh, this is great and we got this great data. And, you know, what you might want to consider moving forward is, you know, maybe they should do a user test. Maybe they should uh, test again in six months. Maybe they should do a card sort, maybe, right? I mean, what is the next thing? next piece of user research that would be really good for them to do and suggest that at the end of your presentation. Because they may think you did, you know, you did user research like you did all there was to do. They may not realize that, you know, there could be more. Uh, You know, testing with a different set of users, testing in another country or, you know, whatever it is. So I think you should always recommend another another thing that they could do as a next step hmm okay well that i mean that makes that makes a lot of sense you would you would imagine that uh you're basically just selling you're selling the yeah the user research to them yeah education and selling never ends (laughs) all right guthrie so do you think the next time you have to put together a uh a presentation to for user research results to stakeholders. You'll do any of this stuff? Uh maybe. 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 <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Okay. Hey, um, we love user research. Mm-hmm. And if people have questions about this or anything else, Guthrie, they should contact us at. Yeah, uh, info at theteamw.com yeah. is, is, is where to find us. 
Anything else we have to tell people? We have a lot of exciting stuff coming up, but it's not released yet, so we're not going to talk about it yet. Mm. How's that? I like that. It's very... Uh, I'm hoping... Well, I was thinking the next podcast we do, it might be a few podcasts from now, because I know there's things you don't necessarily want to talk about until we're like... The new product is out. Right. Yeah. All right. So we have some new products coming out shortly. We'll keep you in suspense. Yeah, it'll be a month or two yet. Yeah. Contact us if uh, you have any questions, and please subscribe to our podcast, and thank you for listening. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thanks for the podcast, and uh, I hope everyone has a great week. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, Catherine. Bye.